Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back to the Oz Network for episode number two of our two-part miniseries covering four movies. We could have just done this all in a month, but James is too lazy to commit to that, so we end up doing everything just in a rush two weeks. And if you listened to us last week where we covered two movies with the same title and very similar plots, we're going to do the same thing again today. We're going to cover two movies... With the exact same title, and in this case, the exact same plot, which means this episode is probably going to go a lot quicker. We're going to be talking about the original 1961 live-action Disney classic, The Parent Trap, and the 1998 live-action Disney classic, The Parent Trap. And they're both on Disney+. Plus. They're both on Disney+, Plus. yes. So, we didn't have to pay for this. Well, we did. We just paid monthly, along with other things. <laughs> It's, it's still money, but it's better than buying it. Uh, my name is Colin and Dennis Quaid. And my name is Jamie and I'm spanking fresh. And so is Dennis Quaid. Yeah, I, I really didn't understand that until you explained it to me. <laughs> I still don't think you understand it. Uh, the Parent Trap, two movies here. Uh, unlike last week where I had seen both of them and you had seen none of them, this week... Uh, I had seen the original so many times that I knew the movie by heart. But as I said, I never saw the remake of The Parent Trap. And it wasn't because I wasn't interested in it. I mean, I love Dennis Quaid. Who doesn't love Dennis Quaid, right? And it's funny because I'm actually the exact opposite. I never saw the original until you showed it to me. But I saw the remake before you did, obviously. Yeah, and when I said this episode is going to be quicker than the one last week, I- I'm not lying because we kind of mapped out what we were going to do in this mini series where... We would cover the plot of the first movie, briefly discuss it, cover the plot of the second movie, the remake, briefly discuss it, and then we talk about what's different between the movies. Uh, There is nothing different between these movies. Well, there's some things, but it's it's so minor that, I mean, it's not going to be Very, very little uh, different between these movies. I don't even think in the new one that there was a grandmother character. I think it was just a grandfather. Yeah, that'll be one of the few minor differences. But uh, I'll I'll get into some interesting trivia about how similar these movies are in a minute. Uh, The biggest difference being that the original one does not have Dennis Quaid. Uh, But that may not actually be for the better. We haven't discussed my feelings on the remake, so... Let's quickly talk about history with this movie then. Uh, The original Parent Trap movie, I think this movie came out around the time my mom was born. So this is something she grew up watching. And I remember when we were kids, it was one of those movies that she showed it to us. And typically when your parents are showing you, oh, I loved this movie when I was a kid, right? You think boring. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, But as kids, we watched this version, the original version of Parent Trap all the time, even though we were born decades later. Uh, it was an obsession for us. Like, we loved this movie. Uh, so much so that uh, you know, a couple of years later, when we discovered, hey, they made some 
straight to video or some made for TV sequels to the Parent Trap. I was even telling you about, oh yeah, I remember the second one and the third one was kind of just the same thing all over again, but they were in Hawaii or something like that. I can't even remember. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when the remake of the Parent Trap came out in 1998, again, I wasn't opposed to it. It's just, it wasn't something I felt compelled I had to watch, you know? Sometimes they make a remake of something you're so excited because you'll love the original. And sometimes they make a remake of something and you love the original, so you're like, I don't see the point in this. And that's kind of the way I've just been for the last now 23 years on this remade version of it, is that I just didn't see why it was necessary because I thought, I've seen the original. I doubt they're going to make it better. It's probably a good movie. I doubt they're going to make it better. Now that I've seen the remake... I'm not saying I regret watching it, but it lives up to what I thought for 23 years. There really is no point to it. If you enjoy the original, the second one, the the remake, is the exact same movie. But you saw these in the opposite order. So talk about when you saw the remake in this case. Well, um, you know, I I don't remember exactly, to be honest with you. I I have a really bad memory, so I can't just recall things out of a hat like you can that way. But, you know, I, I did remember, though, didn't you mention something just talking about the original? Didn't it have a milestone this year? Well, yeah, it came out in 1961. So this oh, will yeah, be, so this year is the 60th anniversary of the original. Wow, that's, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't remember exactly when I watched it, but I I liked the Lindsay Lohan one, but there is also one that we, we didn't watch because you didn't want to watch it, but it it essentially is like the exact same type of story, just laid out a bit differently for it takes two. It basically is the parent trap. It's a very similar thing. The the girls meet at camp. So it starts the same way. They meet at camp. Uh, the, the mom had died in childbirth or something. And, and so there was only the dad surviving and somehow the other girl, got put into foster care. I don't even remember the whole movie, but that that one, It Takes Two, that was the one that I watched so many times as a child. Um, but honestly, the, the Lindsay Lohan one and, and the original, you know, there's certain things that the original actually did better. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I will say that even though I didn't see it until you showed it I'm, to me. I'm glad you said that because I, I don't want to be this guy on here that says oh the originals are always better just because i saw the originals first you know i I was able to separate watching this time some of the things that i actually think the remake does slightly better but then things that it really misses the boat on even though it is we we talked about what other remakes are there out there that we could potentially cover in the future and you'd sort of mentioned didn't they remake psycho and i said sort of they did a shot by shot word for word edit for edit remake of psycho just colorized with new actors it was an identical movie it was sort of the experiment to do it that way this parent trap's not that far off in fact the original writer and director of the 1961 version david swift is a credited screenwriter on the 1998 version now he was not involved in writing the screenplay but they were so close to the original screenplay of the 1961 version that they were obligated to give it. Instead of just adapted by the screenplay from David Swift, they used so much material from that original screenplay in some some of the scenes in the, the remade version, word for word, that he maintains the, the, the top screenwriting credit in the 1998 version. And it's not because he was involved in rewriting this movie. It was because they just took the original script and said, let's make a couple of changes here and there to update. This line doesn't work in 1998. This line's a little bit dated. Let's add this minor plot twist and everything else. Just keep it word for word. You know, some um, some remakes are really just so out there and different and 
not in a very good way. And you want to do an episode on this. Maybe it, it will be a little bit painful for you, I think. But one remake that came to my mind, because uh, you've seen both of them, uh, Willy Wonka. Oh, please no. And of course, now they've got the new version coming out or the, the prequel, whatever that's coming out. Uh, no, the original one, and and again, I'm not so nostalgic for the have, original. Have you read the book for that? No, but it's great. I'm I'm not so nostalgic for the original Willy Wonka, where I'm like, oh, they just butchered everything. Because I probably saw the I probably saw the remade Willy Wonka before I saw the original, or at least around the same time. So I wasn't like somebody who grew up watching Willy Wonka. It's just I saw both versions around the same time. And well, it, and there is that witches movie that they remade too, which I haven't seen the remake, but like the I've read the book and I loved the original movie. So that would be yeah. one that we have to check out together. Yeah, oh, we've also talked about some other ones. We'll kind of throw on the end here, even though you're not coming back next week. But uh, <laughs> you've been canceled. Already. I-, I wanted to mention something. You mentioned how bad your memory is. Oh, uh, right before we started recording this, I don't even remember how it came up, but you had dropped the name Lee Harvey Oswald. And then <laughs> I'm like, classy, Jamie. Uh, let's not leave that one on the podcast. And you're like, wasn't he like a comic book character? I'm like, what? And then you're like, yeah, wasn't he a Batman villain? I'm like, Lee Harvey Oswald, the assassin of John F. Kennedy? I thought and- that that was the, the fat penguin guy from the... <laughs> That's Oswald Cobblepot. Okay, well, Oswald was still in there. <laughs> but you thought that Lee Harvey Oswald was the real name of the penguin. So, <laughs> okay, but I have a really bad memory. Okay, and th- this is going to make everybody laugh probably, but this was many years ago. I I hadn't known Colin for very long. We've been, we've known each other now how long? Almost 15 years. Yeah, so it's been a really long time. I don't know how he puts up with me still, but we, we met at work uh, and we worked together for a long time and we were riding the bus together and... I'm talking to him and another coworker, and they're talking about Hitler. And I'm a Christian now, but I didn't. I was Catholic then, but but I didn't really know that much of history and the Bible that well, clearly. But they're talking about Hitler, and I said, "Hitler, isn't that the guy who killed Jesus?" <laughs> and everybody just was like, "Yeah," um. <laughs> just like the the palm to the head yeah <laughs> uh and lee harvey oswald's a batman villain um, but you know what funny enough if you look back through my high school transcripts history was actually one of the best courses for me all so, that does so, is so, prove it, how broken our educational system is no, in canada no, no, no. so information goes in but it just doesn't stay very long <laughs> yeah uh no memory uh let's kind of jump into the movie here again this plot is going to be identical to both movies because the only differences in this are superficial, except for the very, very end. Uh, So the original movie, uh, we have one actress. You you even asked me that point. You're like, oh, is it just the same actress or did they get real twins? So one actress... You you showed me that before, this movie before, but I forgot. So Haley Mills, who's the girl who starred in the original one, she had previously done the movie, it was either before this or after this, a movie called Pollyanna, which I don't know if you ever saw that. No. Uh, So she's kind of the daughter of a very famous actor. Uh, John Mills, her dad, had won an Academy Award, or I think it was a couple of years after this he won an Academy Award. Uh, but the only thing she'd really done was Pollyanna up until this point. Uh, she she kind of became famous for Disney movies for a while there, and then eventually transitioned into more adult movies. But she's primarily known for the Disney movies she made as a kid. So she's, I guess, borderline being a big star at this point. Uh, they build a movie around her playing her own twin in this. 
so we're introduced to both the twins immediately at summer camp. And at first they're kind of like, oh, you just miss them. You know, it's sort of that fun little game of, oh, are they going to see each other and realize they're the same person? No. So it takes a while before they see each other. And then you sort of get that whole, you know, oh, she looks just like you. But they're at odds. They don't like the fact that there's somebody out there who has their face, kind of what they say, right? Only difference between them is one has short hair, one has long hair. Uh, one, obviously a little bit more rough and tough in the original, um, is from California. The other one who is a little bit, you know, more sophisticated is from Boston. Uh, Boston. <laughs> there was a time where Boston meant you were sophisticated. Uh, sorry for any listeners in Boston, but I don't, I don't think that that, that whole rich sophistication thing is what we associate with Boston now, but 1961, that was the epitome of being from Boston, I guess. And no accent, basically a borderline British accent in this movie. So they're at odds. They end up having a bit of a prank war. One tips the other one uh, in the boat. Um, the, the other one ends up cutting the back of the girl's dress out when they, they have a big dance with the boys. And don't you love that scene where the, they're introducing the first night at the summer camp? It's like, attention, everybody. Here is the camp counselor from the boys' camp. And they bring this one, like, 12-year-old boy who's the stiffest, most uncomfortable-looking boy you've ever seen who gets up there and like, all the girls are like, ah! <laughs> but they have a dance uh and i don't even remember how it happens but the the one girl the boston girl uh she's banned from going to the dance so to get revenge she cuts the back of the california girl's dress out uh and she basically flashes her panties to everybody they both get punished uh and this is the same plot in both movies now yeah. the, the only difference is in the 1998 version their prank war starts with a very weird fencing match which i'll get to in a second so other than that, it's the same thing. Prank war back and forth. Uh, they end up having to, um, uh, I think the, the 1998 version has her pranking the whole cabin with uh, a lot of those ropes everywhere to knock things over, the, the honey. Uh, and it's a little bit more of an elaborate cartoony prank. But the punishment is that they have to go into an isolation cabin together. So you two girls have to have your own cabin. Now I'm just going to ask this question. Sure, the idea is you're, you're forced to live with somebody you don't get along with. But is this a punishment? They went from having a bunk with 10 other kids in the same square footage, now having two people in what's essentially a mansion cabin. Like, do you feel like they're being punished in either of these movies? Well, in both of the movies, it showed it was, like, leaky and stuff like that. It probably probably was drafty and stuff, too. But, okay, I'm going to say, if you've ever... I was going to say, if you've ever been to a camp, all cabins are like that. But all boys' cabins are like that. Like, this was a joke. Every time I went to camp, summer camp, winter camp, whatever. We did more winter camps through school here in Canada. But the girls' cabins, guaranteed every single time. They had power. They had showers in there. <laughs> they had heating. The boys' cabin, I remember our winter camp, our cabin door wouldn't stay shut. And my bunk was right by that door. And every single morning, there would be a buildup of ice and frost around it. And you would be kicking the door to break the ice off. And the girls' cabins, they had their hair dryers out, right? You you looked at it, and it looked like a palace from the outside. We couldn't go inside, but we would always joke around that you would open up the door to the, the girls' cabins, and there'd be doves flying around, fountains. <laughs> like, did you ever go to camp? Is this what your girls' cabins were like? Um, we... I did go to camp, but it wasn't like in cabins. It was at St. Mallow, so there was just like a really big building. Like one 
Yeah, it was, it was more like a like a dorm type of thing. Okay, but I guarantee it wasn't like what boys' cabins are, where there's... I, I wouldn't know. I've never been to cabins, really. <laughs> so, again, you're just back at my point. In Canada, I, I boys are dumped on when you camp. My, my parents didn't love me as much to send me to camp. <laughs> you or, to... Or, or maybe they love me more because they wanted me around. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, ours was always through school, though. I think that there was only one time I actually went to a summer camp and I, I hated it I've never had anything like that through school it must just be the age difference between us it's not an age difference kids are still doing it now Jamie you just your parents didn't want to pay the $200 to send you that's a lot of you, money no you know what's funny I, I wouldn't want to pay $200 my mom didn't want to pay either here's the thing my mom didn't want to pay the, I think it was $250 to send us to winter camp when we were in this was grade 8 right so it was junior high winter camp even I think the first time we went to was like grade 5 or grade 6 but grade 8 uh, winter camp, $250 to go. My mom didn't want to pay. Uh, so they said, okay, if your parents can't pay, you can raise it. You could do fundraising. You know those chocolate-covered raisins or chocolate-covered nuts that you could sell? The, those bring back bad memories because we ended up getting in trouble all the time with just eating them and not selling them. Well, no, here's the thing. My mom said, oh, I don't have... <laughs> well, you think that's bad. My mom said, I don't have the $250 to send you to summer camp. I said, okay, you could do a fundraising thing. She says, okay, that's good. Go out and sell the boxes of chocolates. I never once left the house. Those boxes of chocolates came home on like a Friday or something like that. And my mom was me like, hmm, those look good. Who wants one? Started digging in. It took like a week. And my mom, between everybody in the house, hey, who else wants some chocolates? Had eaten all the fundraising chocolates we were supposed to sell. Yep, yep. She ended up paying the two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, but but you learned. We learned an important lesson from that. If they're going to give you the option to fundraise, just take it. Pay the same cash and get the thing in return. Why are you going to pay two hundred fifty dollars to send your kid to camp, and then meanwhile you could just pay the two hundred fifty dollars, pocket all the chocolates, eat them yourself. When you could have paid two hundred fifty dollars and got nothing out of it, okay? So my mom I'm, I'm broke pretty, the system. I'm pretty sure you don't not get nothing. I'm pretty sure you get like ten or fifteen pounds. Well, I mean, split up among five, six people are living okay, in a so house. At least so. five to ten pounds. <laughs> sure, uh, but but it was or, found or, a way or, to or beat maybe, the system. Maybe you get diabetes. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. She's no longer with us. I don't want to. Uh, <laughs> Make jokes about the dead here. Oh, Colin. <laughs> uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, so they're punished to stay in the cabin with each other. This is a scene that is absolutely identical in both movies. Yeah. Like 100% identical. Yeah. It is word for word. The only difference is I think they have one or two extra lines in in the, the new version. E- even with like the one twin just having a huge appetite and the, the one thing where yeah. it's like it's all revealed and then she's like, okay, I want to go eat. And then... So, yeah. yeah, they're talking about when they finally decided to get along, which by the way, this is one of those minor updates they had to make in, when you had to have two extra screenwriters to rewrite the original screenplay. Word for word, everything that's seen the same, except for the one girl, the California girl, who's got all the pictures on the wall. And in the 1998 version, the other girl's from England, which I'll kind of give some complaints about that. But uh, all the pictures were of, like, Ricky Nelson, I think, and Elvis in the 1961 version. And in this one, when all the pictures blow over, instead of it being like, you don't know who Ricky Nelson is, and the new one is like, you don't know who Leonardo DiCaprio is? Leonardo DiCaprio. It, it, you're not a fan. You weren't a fan of DiCaprio around the 1998 era. No, uh, but I, never, I never understood. That's what it took two extra screenwriters to rewrite in the screenplay. One line. And then the only other difference is when they start to suddenly get along here and they decide to start sharing stories and sharing pictures, in the original version, only the, the girl with the father, only the California girl, 
has a picture of her dad. There's nothing about a picture of her. I saw a picture of my mom once upon a time, right? But when she reveals, when the Haley Mills girl reveals this was my dad. It's like the same picture. Well, but but the other girl didn't recognize her, you know? So 1961 version, Haley Mills shows Haley Mills the picture of her dad. She doesn't say, oh, I know him. In the 1998 version, they both sort of wait to reveal the picture of their parents at the same time. But it's the same thing both ways where here's a picture of the mom. Wait, I saw a picture of who my mom was once upon a time. And by the way, for anybody keeping score at home, if I suddenly pause and get excited, it's because the Leafs are up 3 nothing to the Canadians right now. Uh, <laughs> game three, game four here. So they're going to they're gonna take the lead. They're going to win this whole series and win the Stanley Cup. Uh, Mark, Mark, at the end of the year, if the Leafs win the Stanley Cup, this is in our best of clip just so I can brag on it. Continuing on. Exact same scene. So much so, like like you were saying, the one girl who has the appetite even says, oh, well, nice chat. Hey, it stopped raining. Do you want to go get a popsicle? 1980 version. Oh, hey, it stopped raining. Do you want to go get a popsicle? 1961 version. How can you eat at a time like this? Don't you realize what's going on? 1998 version. How can you eat at a time like this? Don't you realize what's going on? It is word for word. And I'm not criticizing it. I think the, the new movie handles it well, remake it. But it's the exact same scene. They realize they're twins. What do they do from there? At the last days of summer camp, they decide to hatch a scheme to switch places. So the one twin's going to pretend to be the other one and go to see the mother. The other twin's going to pretend to be the other one and go see the father. The only I, difference... I think, I think the difference, though, is that with the, there's a big difference with the mom, where with the mom... Um, one's blonde and one's a redhead. No. That's, that's <laughs> it took not, two screenwriters to make that no, change. No, that's not the only difference. No, with the, with the classic version... It's like the mom's like a socialite or something. Well, we'll we'll, we'll mention that at the end when we go through the differences. Uh, but as far as what the, what it, relevance it has to the plot, there's no difference. One's going to go see the mom. One's going to go see the dad. So the only difference we really see is that um, instead of one just having to cut her hair, one has to pierce her ears too, which is kind of a cringeworthy scene. I don't know if you would put that in in 2021. Hey, I'm going to stick this needle through your ear. Even though you don't see it, you have a kid screaming. Uh, but little bit <laughs> graphic even if you don't see it uh so they decide they want they, they're gonna brush up on this is what you're gonna need to know here's a floor plan uh and they switch places one goes home with the mom one goes home with the dad uh then it just simply becomes a little bit of oh i have to pretend that i know everything here and i have to pretend to talk differently and i have to pretend to act differently uh, we get to know the dad who lives in California in the 1951 version has basically no job, but he's a millionaire apparently. And in the 1998 version, he has a vineyard and he's a millionaire. Uh, in the 1961 version, the mom lives with her both of her parents. And in the 1998 version, lives just with her dad. And there's no mom there, but there's a butler. Only difference between the scenes. Yeah. So after this, the girls start to settle in uh, and... It all goes bad when you realize the dad's dating somebody new. Uh, now, the girls even call each other up on the phone, and the one who's normally living with the dad... This is this is actually a very confusing movie to explain if you don't remember the name. Because they switched the names of the girls, I can't even say the name. Let's call them California. I can't even call them California and Boston, because then it's like California and London in the new one. But... Uh, she says, oh, don't worry, dad's never going to get serious about anybody. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. This seems serious. This becomes the conflict of the movie. Eventually, the girls each reveal themselves accidentally uh, in one case and then intentionally in the other to somebody. Uh, it's the, um, what would you even call her? A housekeeper cook in yeah. the 61 version? Oh, in the new version. The maid, yeah. Whatever. Maid, yeah. 
for the dad side, and on the mom side, the grandfather figures it out because he's the smartest guy in this what, movie. What was the names of the girls? Now, now you got me. So, if Susan and Susan and Sharon in the Sharon, original, yeah, Hallie and Annie, Hallie and Annie, yeah, yeah. Uh, now, when the grandfather figures it out, that sort of leads to oh, okay, well, we have to tell the mom. There's some slight differences in the new version, but, but it's the, basically the same. Basically the same, but the mom figures it out. Uh, and eventually says, you know, we're going to have to go and switch you guys back. But now that I know who you are, I don't want to lose you again. We'll figure something out, right? This becomes a problem in both versions because you sort of mentioned it's like, how terrible are these parents? That they, Let's take a sidebar here for a second. Yeah. They had twins. They were together for maybe less than a year and decided to separate. Yeah. Instead of one taking both kids, they decide, you take your kid, I'll take my kid. Yeah. And, and then, you know, by doing that, the arrangement in both movies, they make it clear, but that that by doing that with their arrangement, that they would have to never speak to each other again by yeah. doing that arrangement. That was the whole purpose why. So my, my complaint with that when I was talking to you, because we can kind of relate to this personally, we have a five-year-old son and then we have twins also that are two years old and actually they are identical even though they look a little bit different because to us they look different most people can't tell yeah but I mean anyways but that would be like as I told you you know with both of us just imagine if we had the the twins and then we broke up like let's say we got divorced when they were maybe you know nine ten months old or something like that Keanu suddenly available and knocking on your door something yeah so, so they wouldn't have any memory of each other then, right? Because they, they don't know that they had a twin. Uh, and wouldn't it bother you as a father to just never know how they're doing, never be involved in, in, yeah. in that child's life at all? It's, it's See, I'm not going to say the whole scenario of one taking one twin taking the other. It's a kid's movie. You're going to put that in there. But neither of these movies really explore these parents having any guilt and maybe you don't want to put that... You could put... Some, there's ways you could put it into a kid's movie where it makes more sense. Where you don't feel like, I, I'm oh, so, I'm okay with not having one of you. I'm sorry, but shame on them. <laughs> shame on them. You're getting really offended at this. Well, I, I'm just thinking about me as a mother. Like, I mean, I hope that I'm with you until the day I die. We've been we've been together for... How long have we been together for now? It's been and like... Over 10 oh, years. Oh, let's just say over 10 years. Anyways, it's been way too long. It's way t- <laughs> I hope that I'm with you till the day I die. It's been way too long. And I've known you for like almost half my life though because I'm 32. And I, I, I met you ages ago, like 15 years ago when I started working in that place. And so anyways, it's been a really long time. But if we just suddenly divorced... Like, because it's like, been way too but, long. But let's say, like, right now we got divorced, right? Twins are two, Casper's five, we got divorced. I would feel like the scum of the earth if, let's say, you took... Let's say you took Casey and then I took Casper and Remy, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not going to leave you with Casper because that's a handful. <laughs> but let's say you just had Casey. And I would feel like the scum of the earth if I wasn't actively involved in Casey's life. Let's uh, take another side by here for a second. Ben asked this on a recent episode we had. He said, "Be honest. Do you have a favorite kid?" And I said, "Yeah." No, no. Be honest. Do you have a favorite kid? No. You don't? No. I'll tell you right now. My- e- even with the twins, like I can't say I have a favorite twin. I love all of the boys in their own way. Uh, I'll tell you right now. I gave my answer. I said it's Casey uh, <laughs> because your favorite kid is whichever one is the quietest. 
and it's Casey right now. Six months ago, Remy was the quietest. He was my favorite. Oh my gosh, he's so loud now. This, six months from now, if Casper, it's never going to happen, but if Casper becomes the quiet kid, he's my favorite. Your favorite is whichever one causes you the least problems. Yeah, Casey's a pretty quiet kid. Yeah, but six months ago, he was loud and obnoxious. Uh, it wasn't six months ago. It was more like a year. It was when he was still really little when he did that squealing thing. Yeah, he was still doing that six months ago. Uh, anyways, maybe because we have twins, it, it it feels a little bit more unrealistic to us. But still, I think it, it does pose a problem. Though, even, unless you're a little, little kid, which I'm not going to say these movies are only made for little kids. Because there's a style that these movies are made with, which is presented more for adults. Particularly the 1998 version which it has a very mature way of presenting the story, so much that when I kind of get to my opinions on the end, I think there's some imbalance in the movie. Yeah, I'm going to have a lot to say at the end, too. It's it's a little bit weird, but you can throw something in there, even if you're still... Because there's some pretty serious material in this movie, which leads me to believe even the original version, not 100% made for kids. Have you thought about the fact... I just talked about how they were like scummy parents, but have you thought about the fact that not only did they basically act like a deadbeat for however many years but that they actually robbed their children of growing up with a sibling and having those memories well and and there's lots of situations where twins are split up at birth because they're put up for adoption but that you don't want to have to worry about adopting two twins together right um i'm sure you miss them that's different but well is it different i mean it's still a sibling there's i think reasons why they don't do that now what's funny though is if we're we're just going to talk about twins a little bit here because what we get throughout the movie, throughout the entire movie, is that there's a lot of differences between these girls, right? Which yeah. they equate to the way they're brought up. There's also ways where they are identical. The new version had a thing where it's like, oh, no, I'm allergic to strawberries before they realize who they are. Oh, no, I'm allergic to strawberries. And, and then the one like lady. to eat Oreos with peanut butter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's similarities between them. Things like that are real. Like we've witnessed with our twins, there are personality traits that you would think you can only teach this. Where these kids aren't learning from each other. They're just exactly the same in some ways. Yeah. Then there's other areas where they are totally different kids. Like you were saying, yes, Remy and Casey are identical twins. Even though you said they don't look they don't look identical. They don't to us. But their grandparents who see them all the time. Their uncles and aunts who see them all the time. Mix them up. Yeah. Constantly. If, if they, like... Their builds are a little bit different. And, like, they, they look identical when they make the same certain expressions or faces whatever you could you could see it because that's the thing like we know that they were identical because of the way that everything was with ultrasounds they had the same placenta that they were sharing but they had different sex so that's just all the way that the no i'm not so many guys who have not had children right now are going to be gagging when you say placentas and sacks no no listen so i'm I'm not going into it too deeply here but it's all just how the egg splits so when you conceive a child and you have like twins, triplets, quads, whatever, and they're identical, well, the egg splits. And so what determines if how much the kids share or how little they share is when the egg splits. So if the egg splits later, then you get, you know, um, where everything's kind of formed more. And then obviously um, they, they'll... Yeah, it's. it's I'm saying this right now. We're never doing a biology lesson in a podcast again. (laughs) It's it's too much to go into. But our our twins are some of the most common. But but back to my point though. (laughs) Before we got sidetracked on biology, I'm just saying that I know they're identical, even though I I say that they're not. But 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 Remy Remy is like two and a half pounds more than Casey. But if they weigh the exact same amount, I can guarantee you that even probably we would mix them up more. Yeah, well, that's the thing is that 
almost every we've we've met a lot of other twins, adult twins, even young twins. I've got nieces who are twins. You've got cousins, I guess. Oh you my would gosh, call yeah. Them our, our, your, There's a your lot nieces, of twins on each like, side. I can't tell the difference. Yeah, well, and, and again, they're born very similar in size. So if if it's not for size differences, most twins you will have one that is a good amount bigger than the other. And a lot of adult twins we've talked to, it's been the same thing. Oh yeah, yeah. this person's bigger than this person's it's bigger. It's the same thing. Rem- Remy was like almost seven pounds. He was just under seven pounds and Casey, Casey was, was like, exactly four and a half pounds. Yeah, yeah. Big size difference. And there's still a size, there probably will always be a size difference between them. But let's say you get those twins like the ones in these movies, even though they're not technically twins. It is completely conceivable that even parents would mix them, especially if you haven't seen the other twin for a long time. And let's also say, when when they get in there, I think one of the things that actually works in both these movies, even more so, this is one of the things I'll compliment the 98 version for more, even more so, the fact that the parents are like, oh, you've been away for so long. That's a very important line that they throw in in the 98 version several times that makes this more believable. Because like, oh, you've been gone for so long, I barely recognize you. They don't really say that in the original, so it's not necessarily as believable when the parents don't know the difference between them, you know? You remember when I told you that how the movie would just be completely thrown out of the window and wouldn't exist if, like, one twin was fat? Yeah, exactly. There's lifestyle change things that, that you can't control. You know, one of them has a big appetite. If, if they were... If this were two years later and their metabolisms had started to slow down a little bit, one of them probably would be fat. You know, <laughs> you have fat twin and skinny twin, and then they never would have been able to pull this up. The one would well, have had to made up excuse. I ate a lot or, at camp. Or maybe they could just make the excuse and say, "Yeah, like they had a, it was like fat camp, and they made us diet and lose weight." I think the parents can... would know. <laughs> you think? Can I can I say something that really bothers me? Uh, because I don't want to forget it. I I would save this for the end when we talk about the differences more, but. Why did they need to make one of the kids from London in the new version? I don't think that... I I think that they maybe wanted to have a little bit of something that was extra different with, like, the accent. So it wasn't just always simple as they're both American. But, it, you know, like, I think it was that they met on a cruise ship or something, though. Yeah, but I mean, so I mean, like people, that's, that's kind of believable. Well, not not really though, because if you're taking a cruise ship, you're taking it from a port and you're returning to that port, you know. So this would have left from New York, gone on a cruise, and then returned to New York. Or if it was in Europe, it would have left from London and returned to London. That's not the way cruises work. It's not like, hey, Dennis Quaid's like, I'm gonna hop on a plane to London and take a cruise across the ocean to New York. I, I don't understand how that works, but. My biggest complaint about one being from London, the new one, is they went so over the top. Like the first version felt real where they were representing these are two kids from two different walks of life, two different types of society, and you believed both those were real. The London stuff is so cartoony because it's clearly this is the way Americans think, especially in a kids movie. This is the oh, kids aren't going to know the difference. So they're going to think that this little girl is going to show up at summer camp and have pictures of the Queen of England on her lunchbox, you know? Like, things, well, I, I guess why would she have her come to summer camp in like the States? That, like, and that's the, the other country? problem. It's already. Is, is there no good camps in the UK? It's already unbelievable enough that you're going to have a summer camp in America where kids are coming from California and Boston, uh, maybe something like that. In most cases, you you go somewhere where, oh, all the kids are going to be from, you know, within 100 kilometers or whatever. But you're going to be in London, rich in London. I really want to send my kid to a summer camp in, where is this, Nebraska in this movie? I don't know. That would be like if we just all of a sudden said, you know what? 
I really want to send Casper to that camp in Turkey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's just say there's some great camp, which this isn't even a great camp. I don't see why they'd be so excited to send the kid and here. Why would it be so important to her? Because it's not like she was American and then moved to, to you know, uh, the UK. She actually is from there. So so how would she even know this camp? Why is it important to her? And they don't even, they, they, they sort of throw a, a cheap throwaway line in the, the new movie about that where they say, Oh, I knew that there was a reason why I wanted to come here. Like, oh, it was destiny that I came here. Something must have been speaking to me. But, like, go a little bit harder on that. Make it where there's some type of intuition. You know, oh, I always wanted to come here. Make it where the mom was like, why would you want to go to Nebraska? You know, I don't even know if it is Nebraska. But all the the ridiculousness aside about sending a kid there, this is the most over-the-top British girl ever. Cheerio! You know? And they throw lines in there where, where the dad's constantly questions like, what are you, British all of a sudden? But then they do things like, no 11-year-old girl is going to walk around with a picture of the Queen of England on her lunchbox and have the Union Jack on her pillowcase. Like, they just threw every... St- it's it's like the way that... And again, you're making a kids movie fine, but it's like the way a lot of times Canadians are represented in American television where... Canadians, every single Canadian is like, oh, Napoleon, look at my beaver, no, the maple syrup for breakfast, yeah. <laughs> we all take dog sleds to school every day, it's freezing my, cold. I got my poutine, eh? Yeah, exactly, I can't, <laughs> see, I can't even do, I, I am like the least Canadian, Canadian ever, I can't even fake a Canadian accent, but I'm like, oh, the shrimp on the bar, <laughs> That's not Canadian. I know it is, but I'm saying how bad my accent is. It's just, they lay into every stereotype imaginable the same way that they often do in, in, with Canadians, which doesn't make the London side more believable. But let, let's get back to the movie you first. Know, you know the Canadian saying? Giver. There, there you go. There's Giver. an authentic Canadian saying. That Giver. You would buy just a subtle reference like that without being Canadian. But well, What does it mean, Colin? Do you know what giver means? Yeah, give it whatever you have. Yeah, go like, for it. No, no. not not. Well, give it whatever you have, yeah, but that would be like... If if you're if you're doing something like let's say you're trying to push a car out of a, a rough spot or whatever, and then you're like, give her, just give her. You're talking to me like I'm not Canadian, just because I don't have, I can't do the accent doesn't mean I'm not Canadian. You have a Canadian accent. I, this is what most Canadian accent. My point is not the stereotypical Canadian accent. Again, most people don't realize that the stereotype that. People outside well, of Canada they, think the Canadian like East, accent is East Coast, right? Very East Coast. Right. That's like you know, uh, I don't uh, know, five. They're, they're called Newfies. Yeah, that's like five percent of the Canadian population. It's essentially the equivalent as if you had a person from Texas and you're like, oh, "I'm from Texas." Meanwhile, you're doing a Boston accent or a Brooklyn accent. You know, I don't even it's know too... what the heck you just. Did. Oh, I'm from Texas. I, I think that was like a combination of all three. That's, yeah, but but my point be okay. Let's just let's flip around the other way. You know, howdy, partner. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts. That's completely different okay, dialect. That's better. Yeah, but that the, was very impressive. Sta- thank no, you. N- normally, when you try to do any type of accent, it comes out sounding like Arnold. It does. Yes, <laughs> I'm not going to do it right well, now. Which is funny because you actually are really great at impersonations, like a Kermit the Frog and stuff. <laughs> you always prove I can do two impressions: Arnold Schwarzenegger, Kermit the Frog, and, well, and Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, you're you're perfect <laughs> at that. Uh, shut up. Oh. Uh, that, that was the worst Beavis <laughs> I've ever done, too. Uh, especially because that was Butthead. But anyways, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> That's how good my Beavis is. It sounds like Butthead. Uh, moving on. When they're with the parents, the parents find out. 
Uh, so the mom's going to come. The dad doesn't know yet. So the ga- dad's are completely in the dark, which works better, I think, in the 61 version. We'll, we'll kind of talk about it in the end. Um, really, it all becomes once the mom arrives there. Oh, it's all you know hilarious because he's getting married, but now his ex-wife's there. Yeah. And the fiancé, we should mention in both versions, is a gold digger. I feel like it's a lot clearer in the 61 version. I kind of sympathize with the fiancé in the 98 version a little bit. No way. Uh, uh, we'll get to it on the end. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's going to be an argument later. But uh, it's it just – there's really not much else to say other than the fact that there's a lot of misunderstanding. You know, uh, the, the parents bicker a little bit in the original version. There's not a lot of bickering in the new one. The only major I, I differences like with, the, with the mom, though, I feel like I don't know. You'll have to tell me if you agree, but I feel like in the classic version that, that they they both made a point to basically uh, specifically bring up her dress, like her her way of dressing, yeah, and and that you know, oh, you should dress up a little bit if you haven't seen your ex in this long. But I think that in the classic version, she went way more out of her way and it was way more obvious that she was actually trying to do this trying to get his attention you think because in the new one she had just that one black dress that she wore and she didn't seem like she was looking to him like looking is he looking at me or whatever but in in the in the classic one she totally was just she was playing hard to get well i i think well let me quickly wrap up the movie here the only major difference is just in setting in this movie. The scenes are played very similar where the parents finally meet up again and the dads finally clued in, hey, there are twins. Um, the way that it plays out in the original is they're at the ranch. They've got the priest there, which is a big thing missing from the new version is how great this priest is. Oh, oh my gosh, he was amazing. He was so funny. And they they had the they had the character in there with the same name, like Dr. Mosby or whatever it is, but you didn't see really he's, any, anything. He's only there. on the phone in the new one. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, anyway. He doesn't even appear. Yeah, so they, they just briefly mentioned it, but in the old one, he was great. He was one of my favorite things about the movie. Yeah. I think that's the other thing that really separates the two versions is that it's this one sequence, which I wonder why they felt the need to change when they change so little about the rest of the movie, why they change, but get into that on the end. And the grandpa, I felt like in the classic version, I actually really liked him a lot. Well, again, they had a small difference with that, but the setting in the original is it all takes place at the dad's house. So I understand you want to change the setting because we have a bit more of a budget now, you know, let's, let's, let's show off something that's different. Let's have this all take place at a hotel. So everybody's at a hotel. They just happen to be at the same hotel. And there's some scenes with, instead of him sort of spotting his wife hiding behind a tree in the original in his bathrobe, and he's like, what did I just see there? Instead, he's with his fiance in the elevator and he sees his wife waving on the outside. And again, he thinks, am I crazy? You have the same thing with the girls where, hey, can you go talk to this person? And then he sees the same girl again. Hey, can you, wait a second, didn't I just see you? Wait, why did you just change your clothes? A lot of fun stuff in there. Uh, Eventually they find out they have twins or the dad finds out they have twins. And the fiance is not happy about this. So the kids realizing their plan's not going to work, they tr- they try to set up their parents. So they reenact their first date, which in the original was just at a restaurant. So they're kind of in the, the back patio and they have the song, the Let's Get Together song, which is, of course, it's a Disney movie in 1961. There has to be one musical number where the two twins are singing together. And in the uh, new version, that song only appears with one of Lindsay Lohan's versions walking to an elevator, just humming it or singing, you know, 10 seconds of the song. Uh, but they recreate the date, which was on a cruise ship. So in this case, they're just on a boat. The parents aren't necessarily going for it. So the two twins are like, we got to come up with a new plan. 
because they're going to take us home. They're going to split us up. Even though the parents both in both versions say, hey, we're not going to split you guys up again. All of a sudden, hey, I'm going to take you home. So they say, we're going to dress in the same clothes. We're not going to tell our parents who's who. They're not going to know the difference. Again, it's not really believable. I feel it would actually be even harder to pull this trick off if each parent had only had one kid. Because then you're really going to be able to notice the differences, you know? So they say, we will tell you at the end of the weekend, but you have to go on this camping trip with us. These girls are so determined, but then they, in both versions, they give up so quickly when the mom sort of plays the trick and says, the fiance, you need to go too. I don't want you being jealous that I'm out there with my ex, so you go. And then the girls just give like, shouldn't they have said, too bad. This is all... We're we're not going to tell you who who's who now. We're not going to go home. You're going to be stuck with this guessing forever. They just give up. It's it's a kids movie. Not everything makes sense. Yeah, but then it, it becomes the girls playing pranks on the fiance when they're off on this trip. Which again, it's essentially the same pranks in both movies. I think the only difference is they go a little bit more into this lizard prank with the lizard on the water bottle. Where, again, it gets kind of cartoony with the lizard crawling into the lady's mouth in the 98 version. Oh, that was so bad. That was yeah. so bad. Yeah. And then in the original version, there's a scene where they make her fall into the lake, which was kind of a clever gag. Uh, in the new one, they prank her by putting her out in the middle of a lake. Uh, in the original version, they just sort of, you know, uh, have bears eating at her feet. The fiancé freaks out, shows her true colors by slapping one of the kids. I don't think she slaps her in the original or in the, the new version, just no. in the original. Yeah. Yeah. And then the dad decides, I don't want to do this anymore. Takes the kids back home. They reveal who's who. And then it just but becomes the parent story. Don't you think that in the in the new version that it seemed like he wasn't really as invested in this lady? That he wasn't re- yeah. he wasn't having such a hard time to let her go? Yeah, because... And, the- and, and the thing is, is in the... If you follow, just kind of in the same point, if you follow both of the stories... One thing that I felt like the classic movie actually did a lot better is the way that they handled the relationship between the uh, parents. Yeah. Uh, because it was more suspenseful where you... And I mean, it's a kid's movie, so you still gather that they're going to end up together in the end. But he was, he was pushing back on her. He didn't really like fall for her right away again or anything like that. It wasn't oh. like it wasn't like he saw her and then just he fell head over heels in love with her again. And in the new one, it kind of felt that way, that he he started to fall in love with her right away. And like in the old movie, it was like all of a sudden, then you know once he broke up with the ex, then you know they started to kind of have their moment, and it got really steamy because there was all that suspense, and then you're. I, I was sitting there thinking, like, man, they're they're totally gonna bone like really hard later tonight, and I I didn't I didn't think that with like the new movie, but don't get me wrong, Dennis Quaid is way hotter than this other guy. It's not out of attraction or anything, but I was sitting there watching classic movie like, there is so much sexual tension right now on the screen. Yeah, th- there's there's big differences between the way the parents' relationships handled, even though the script is almost identical. There's a minor difference. The biggest thing that differs in the end is that you you think you have in the new version the same ending the original, which is that when they come home from the camping trip, the moms, uh, the, the mom and dad are basically eating dinner together. They all of a sudden start to get flirty and they end up together. You know, oh, why did we ever break up? Let's let's do this. And then the girl 
wakes up in the middle of the night in the original and it's like, I had this weird dream. We were dressed in dresses and we were at a wedding and then they just flash forward to the parents getting remarried and they're the flower girls. In the new version, they actually do something slightly different for the first time in the entire movie where it you think it's going to end the way the original did and then both parents just sort of walk away. The mom goes back to England and then when they land, they open the door. You think the grandfather's in there and then it's the other Lindsay Lohan character and you're like, hey, did you know if you took the Concord, you could get here in half the time and you realize they followed them there. Yeah. So I actually think that the, I'm not going to say it's a better ending, but often with remakes, you do something slightly different, but but it at least has the spirit of the original, and I love it. This is kind of that. The, the new ending, I don't feel like it's better than the original, but you did something different, and I think you were still respectful of what the story is supposed to be like. Yeah, I can, So I enjoyed I the, agree, the new one. I could one. agree with that, yeah. But let's talk about now the differences. So... The parents' relationship, and this also goes along with the, the missing character of the priest. Where was all that tension between them that you mentioned there isn't in the new version? Yeah. Can you think of one moment in the new version, the Lindsay Lohan version, where the parents are arguing, even when they get back together again, when they, they see each other again? Is there one moment where they're arguing or at odds? Uh, yeah, when uh, they were in the wine cellar. They started arguing a little bit. No, they started disagreeing on something very politely. <laughs> Extremely politely. Yeah, well, they, they weren't, like, uh, fighting or anything like that. But he mentioned, uh, the Dennis Quaid character mentioned that he he had been hit or something with a hairdryer or something like that. Yeah, but they're doing that playfully still. But if you go back to the original movie, as soon as the mom's there, he's like, you know, what are you doing? I'm getting married. Like, he's upset. Yeah. And she's messing with him. You mentioned about how... Uh, and I don't know how you interpret this. this is my interpretation. In both versions, yes, the mom is, I'm going to get a new dress. I'm going to get my hair done. I don't think it's because she's like, I'm going to get him back. I think in both versions, she's like, I'm going to show him he's missing. You know? Especially because she knows that he's getting married. I think that she's messing with him in both both versions. I don't think she actually wants to get back together with him until the last scene. Mm, I don't know. And that's why I think the first one works because you look at the way that everything's handled with the priest when she's in the bathrobe and he's like, go upstairs and put something decent on. She's like, this is decent. Why don't you want your fiance to see me in a bathrobe? She's not doing it to attract him. She's doing it to annoy him. And I really get that this couple would have split up because they can't stand each other. But it's one of these, they can't stand each other, but it kind of works for them. You know, what's with opposites attracting? Like us. I can't stand you and you can't stand me. Exactly. <laughs> Mostly because you don't bathe much anymore. <laughs> yes, I do. Don't make fun of me. Neither of us bathe much. We're working at home. You're at home all the time. I'm not lying. I, this but, morning, this morning I'm working from home. This morning I told Jamie, I'm like, be quick in the shower because I have to shower still. And she's like, why? I'm like, because I've got to do an interview over Zoom. People, if, if I'm interviewing people, if pe- people are going to come work at this place, they have to see that I shower and I dress myself. Well, I got to be wearing pants now. You know what? Honestly, okay, when I worked outside the home and everything like that, and I don't right now because it doesn't make sense to you because we have so many little kids, but I would shower every single day. And then now I've gotten better where I shower every every other day. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, I don't today, I do tomorrow type of thing. Yeah. But when the twins were really little, I'm not even going to lie. Some days it reached like three or four days. <laughs> because yeah. I was just, I was that tired and I was that on the go. And I'm not saying I liked it. It got to the point where I was just like, what's that smell? And I'm going to be like, 
Oh God, it's me. Well, well, yeah, that's that's both of us. But I was just so exhausted. Yeah, that's both of us. Like, because, because we have a special needs child, and then we have twins on top of that. Yeah. And it was just a lot. And as we established here, they're all very loud, too. Yeah. But this is another thing that I liked kind of with the relationship between the parents, even with the parents of the kids. When the dad finds out that, the, it, oh, you were the other twin? I can't believe I haven't seen you since you were in diapers. And Haley Mills, one girl, is getting embarrassed by this. And he's going on and on about, oh, I was walking back and forth. And, you know, oh, I was up every other night feeding or every other hour feeding you. And the mom's like, well, what was I doing, right? There's this this... I'm not going to say bitterness, but this, these two parents yeah, d- butting defensiveness, defensive butting heads. But like it's 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 all done in a way where you still get in a kids movie. This is playful for the audience, even if it's not pl- the characters are stressing each other out. I was doing something. Well, maybe fifty fifty, right? Yeah. But the audience is having fun watching this, and that's why that priest character is so important to the original, and they're missing him in the new version because. He's an observer during the craziest scene in this movie. And the way that I was saying that the original movie is almost positioned more like an adult film. You've watched a lot of these movies. And I don't know how many people listening to this watch movies this old. But a lot of these like Rock yeah, you, Hudson, you, Doris Day movies. You, you should be careful when you say I've watched a lot of adult films. Yeah, okay. I, uh, I said this was like an adult movie <laughs> for adults. But anyways. <laughs> you said adult film. Okay, but like. The, the, <laughs> Jamie watches pornos. No, I don't. Okay. <laughs> Right now, everybody's saying, sure you don't. Okay, uh, they've heard you on the show. But uh, the the style, like, 50s and 60s romantic comedies, there, there was a great throwback to that that Ewan McGregor and Renee Zellweger made called Down With Love. That was a very good movie. That style of, like, two a couple just sort of always playfully bickering back and forth, you know, goofy comedies that's what the parent trap yeah, reminded like, me of the like, original like going uh 13 going on 30 that's kind of another 13 going on 30 yeah. is another one yeah that's kind of just the throwback to that style of relationships and movies and that's what the original one had they miss so much of that in the new version but, even though they stick so close to it that priest character is so important because what's happening is absurd he's there to meet with a couple that's supposed to get married in two weeks and the ex-wife is there half naked and the dad didn't know it, and the dad has twins, and he didn't realize it. And when he's going up to the priest saying, like, would you rather go out and you know, give us some privacy? He goes, no, 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 I'm very much enjoying this. Like, this priest is having the, a blast the, laughing at them. It would have worked in the new movie, though. Because it would have. No, no, I'm saying it wouldn't have worked the way that they played it, though, because the mom wasn't antagonistic enough. But that's a problem with this movie. I no, And it's not, I'm not just saying her. Yeah. I think she's great for what she, there, there are things with the mom in this movie that is better. They give her both parents. This isn't one of these things where it's like, oh, well, you know, sexist 1960s filmmaking. The mother did nothing. The, as I said, the dad has no job in the original. He's just rich. Same with the mother. She has no job. She's rich. You don't know what the parents do. In this movie, both the parents have a job and they work that into the characters. You know, that's kind of the reason for their splitting up. You get a little more into detail. Not even just that scene in the end where you mentioned about the hairdryer, but things like why did you split up? When the kids decide you go with mom, you go with dad, I want to meet them. They also have a plan saying, I want you to find out why they got together in the first place and I'll find out why they split up. Like, you get more background with these characters. But that should give us more reason to see this couple bickering, the mom messing with the dad. Dennis Quaid is not stressed out once in this movie. And I love Dennis Quaid. I mean, Dennis Quaid. Uh, anything Dennis Quaid's in. I, I love Dennis Quaid, too. You re- I heard some of your comments in this. <laughs> you his, thought this was an adult his, film at times. His chest hair is nice. I, I really love chest hair on guys. Yeah, well, you even said something. What was that thing you said about uh, testosterone with him? 
I said, well, he when I would just look at him, it's like he screams testosterone. Yeah. Well, I think I didn't think it was scream. I, I think he's no. Continue. You, uh, you're probably thinking about the other thing that I said when I said, oh, I think well, it's something I, that's not appropriate to say on air. No, I don't care. But I, I was, he was just looking particularly hot in one scene. <laughs> but I think the mom is great because the mom has the stressed out side to her. You know, at other points... Smile, though? Come on. Forget about the fact that he's the handsomest man you've ever seen. But, but his smile is so charming. Okay, forget about the ha- the handsomest smile you've ever seen. The way he speaks in this movie, he's not bumbling. He's not stressed out. You know, the mom is stressed out. I buy that the mom is that character they're trying to sell. She's just not good with men, right? Dennis Quaid, they say things constantly in this movie about, oh. He's never going to get a woman to settle down for him because he's he he doesn't know how to talk to a woman. He's he's he fumbles over his words. He's clumsy. He's this. He's that. And then every time he speaks to any woman in this movie, it's like I'm Dennis Quaid. Come here, baby. Like he's he's got this smoothness about him, and it's not just a performance. It's even the way they write him. It's a lazy way of writing, and I hate to say this, but Dennis Quaid is one of the things that hurts the remake. I I can understand that. Yeah. But as far as you were saying with the mom. There is no antagonistic side to her. And that's why that scene with the priest wouldn't have worked. But we need that because as soon as these two parents meet up again at the hotel, they're immediately attracted to each other again. And yet, like you said, there's no chemistry between them the way the original movie had because they're not at odds and you need to be at odds. And I, I think one thing to actually just specifically bring up, it's not a difference with the movies or anything, but this was actually Lindsay Lohan's first movie. And she's good in this movie. She's very good. Uh, Haley Mills is just as good. I think I'm not going to say one's better than the other. I, I think that I thought that the the humor was better from Haley Mills. I thought that the emotional stuff. I believed Lindsay Lohan's sadness in scenes was like I've never seen my dad before. You know, oh, I, I wish that I had my parents. I believe that more than with Haley Mills. But the yeah, humor, I, I think I agree. With you. Humor, yeah. Haley Mills owns her. You know, yeah. but and again, not knocking Lindsay Lohan. Yeah. I mean, Mean Girls. She ended up being great later on Freaky Friday. And not really a comparison type thing, but just an, another interesting tidbit here that we haven't brought up yet. The lady who played Vicky in the original yeah. actually is also in the new one in a different role. Playing the mom. Now, another difference in the original is that the fiance had this is why i say that i i i felt more bad for the fiance than the new one the original one had the mother there so you knew it was clear this is a gold digger because even mother says hey we need to do this hey this is all about the money right and then you throw one line in there about oh i'm going to ship that kid off to boarding school there's no mother the mother in this is a cameo from the original fiance vicky in the original yeah. And we even look at it and say, is that the same lady? But she's got one scene and it's it's such a cheap little, oh, let's just throw this out. There's a cameo. It's kind of fun to see. And like, why did she have like a dad there too? The guy did nothing. But but it, they, they tried to write this. She had like a personal assistant in one scene, right? Where you think, oh, this is the substitute for the mom where you could tell she's a really a gold digger. But then the personal assistant is out of the movie. It almost felt like they had a bigger role for this actress, the original Vicky. And... The one day she didn't show up on set, so they said, oh, we got to rewrite this. Make it a male personal assistant. Let's just use her in the second scene. But you lost that idea of somebody else is pulling the strings. You know that this is a gold digger. The fiance in the new one, what does she do wrong? She lies on the phone, but she's lying on the phone as an excuse for Dennis Quaid. So who's the bad guy in the scene? Dennis Quaid is for not wanting to take a call. Outside of that, she has the same line about, I'm going to ship this kid off to boarding school. In both of these movies, the kids are awful to her. It's just you believe that there's more reason for them to be awful with her in the first movie. Just my opinion. 
I, I just I don't really like them in either. But you're not supposed to like them. I know. That's the point. I know. They, and, and, they succeeded with And that. you you see her slap the kid in the original. And this one, they're basically bullying this poor lady. And Dennis Quaid's just like, all right, go. And you, the dad kind of has a bit of humor about it. But you could tell he's like, eh, I'm not sure this lady's for me, you know? Uh, because she can't handle the outdoors. So you see it, like you were mentioning, you believe a little more by the end of the original movie why the dad doesn't want to stay with Vicky, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, separate note, talking about people falling in love, did you think that it was necessary for the hired help to fall in love together in the, the later uh, version? It's it's okay. I, I mean, I, I'm going to say I'm going to say it, though. I don't think it was necessary. I think it was cool, I guess, because, you know, for, for me, you know who I am. I like everything to be wrapped up in a neat little package at the end of the movie. But I actually really did like both of the characters, Chessie and what was the other, Martin? Yeah, let's call him Martin. Is that, um, is that what it was? Sure. I think so. <laughs> let's, let's, let's call him Martin from now on. It's tough because, again, I feel like uh, this is something where I'll criticize both movies, but I'll just say it's way more obvious in the new one. There is a radical change in tone during different parts of this movie. The middle section of both movies is played just straight drama, basically. Some laughed in there, but straight drama. And then the opening and closing is a lot more slapstick comedy, you know? And even though the two servants falling in love was not like slapstick comedy, it, it just felt so, oh, here's just some goofy thing. People are going to find this hilarious. Um, we don't really get any development with them. It's just sort of they see each other. Like, well, hello. Yeah, hello to you, too. And then they're apparently getting married at the end. I don't know. It's it, I, I didn't I could have. I could have left that out of the movie. That's the easiest way to say it. But now I'm wondering, like, how, how does that end? You know, with with uh, the parents getting married and now the hired help is going to also move in and they're both going to serve the family? Like, what's going to happen? Are they going to move on with their own lives? Like, what's going to happen here? Well, I mean, is is Martin the butler? Does he work for the mother? Does he work for the grandfather? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so who knows? Uh, maybe the grandfather moves with them. You know, he he says something about, oh, I'll see you at Thanksgiving too, like the grandfather does, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe he maybe he's anxious to move out to the states. I don't know, but like I liked both of these servants on their own, uh, and, and they served the same purpose. The original, we we condensed two servants in the original to one servant on the dad side, right? And on the mom side, we essentially condensed the two grandparents into one grandparent, which we'll mention that in a second. But the butler, every time he's in this movie, it's just, it, it feels it's, it's very so... over the top. Yeah, like he's got this yeah. weird secret handshake, which is like, it's kind of funny, but like, it feels like that belongs in a and, different and movie. And then he comes out in like the leather jacket with the sunglasses, and then he has the moment where he just comes out in like this tiny little Speedo, the tiniest yeah. Speedo you've ever seen. And, and see, that, I got a laugh out of that, but it also felt like it was from a different movie. And, yeah. and again, the original I is... I can see what you're talking about, yeah. The original is guilty of this as well, where fine when they're at summer camp you just get the whole prank war thing but then when it suddenly becomes prank wars again at the end of the original i'm not saying i dislike it but it is so radically different from the very mature story they were trying to tell throughout 75 percent of this movie that we sort of open and end with this really over the top uh humor uh it, it just it doesn't make sense to have this these two servants fall in love in this movie either but what we were already talking about before with you know, the mom just not seeming as antagonistic enough. 
as the original one, the new mom versus the old mom, right? Uh, you know, it it kind of doesn't really make sense then for the camping thing, does it? Because you get it in the original that, you know, she is setting this up and, and, and actually planning this against the fiancé to break them up. She, but she, again, I don't think that... She's, she's scheming. Yeah, I don't think, though, that she's scheming. I think that she's she's having fun with a woman that she's onto her. I don't think that the mom in either version is like, hey, I'm going to do this so we can get back I'm, together. I don't think she cares. But she she's, she's onto Vicky or whatever her name is in the new one. And she's like, I'm going to have some fun with this and I'm going to do what even the kids can't do. No, but I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that she had an endgame even with it. I'm, I'm saying that it just didn't really fit the mom in the new movie that she would have any type of scheme because yeah. because she wasn't, she seemed like a quiet church mouse type of thing. She well, didn't seem like no, she No, she seemed like a very, you know, uptight, um, hardworking person who doesn't have time to sit there and think about schemes and, and yeah. wouldn't be bothered by it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it didn't suit her personality. Funny enough, the same way that we were just saying with Dennis Quaid, it didn't suit his personality to not be a ladies' man. Again, not because he's, you know, the most handsome man you've ever seen, but because the oh, writing of his that, character that didn't... smile. Yeah, but the writing of his character didn't fit. And it's the same thing with the mom. The writing of her character did not fit her being the schemer in the end, whereas it fit in the original. Uh, talking about the grandparents now... So we have a grandma and a grandpa of Sharon in the original. And yeah. what's Su- her name? Su- Annie. Susan. No, no. Susan is the California one. Sharon is the Boston one. No, no, no. I know. But there's Susan and Sharon. No, and no, then but the I'm new saying... one is Hallie and Annie. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> hear me out for a second. It is the grandparents of Annie slash Sharon. That character. The rich fancy sophisticated character annie and sharon you get it i get it okay she has this look on her face like i shouldn't have you know been so condescending to call it (laughs) i just made a fool of myself uh but the grandpa uh, i feel like we get the same you said that he didn't have as much to do in the new one i I thought that the grandpa was just as good in both versions but we are missing the grandma who in the original was sort of the uptight grandma. You get the impression the mom and the grandpa just want to let this kid do what she wants to do. But the grandma is like, you know, oh, don't slouch. You know, oh, you got to do your practice. You got the impression that she was like the matriarch. Exactly, yeah. And it's not even that she's a villain in any way. No. It's just she was sort of the tough character. We we get that one great moment where the grandpa's always being told, shut up, whatever. And he's just like, all right, whatever. Like, he's not one of these guys that's like, oh, that's not fair. He's just like, whatever. And then he just has that one great moment. It's like, for once in your life, basically, basically summing up saying, shut up and let them yeah, be. Yeah, like, I'm going to put my foot down. Yeah, I'm putting my foot down. And we don't have anything like that for the grandpa in this movie. They, they substitute that with, I'll come visit you at Thanksgiving. So... Maybe they could have put the grandma character in there. Maybe that was one too many characters. But we miss out on having the grandpa have that one big moment. Because he doesn't come back. Yeah, exactly. The Thanksgiving thing is the last mention of it all. The, uh... Oh, no, wait, well, wasn't there something where he was, like, waving at them or something at the end? Was it their wedding? I don't know. I can't even remember now. You know, we just watched this and I already <laughs> forget it. My memory's so bad. Well, I want to talk about the, the change in tones. Because, again, I was saying how both the original and the remake kind of start as goofy kids movie they become very mature i'm not going to say adult again but very mature adult film no very mature story 
drama, you know, lighthearted drama, and then it suddenly becomes goofy slapstick comedy again. But it's not as noticeable in the original because just like they went so over the top with the um, Annie slash Sharon character, the Sharon character was very subtle in the original. The Annie version of her, though, in the Lindsay Lohan version, had to be Queen Elizabeth on her lunchbox and all that. And I'm so British. <laughs> oh, she gave me a fright. Yeah, exactly. It's it's so over the top. But even the interactions they have in the beginning, the, the, let's just say the fencing. What is that fencing scene? That was awful. That was god-awful filmmaking. Well, I don't know if this is supposed to be a, like a camp for kids that are a little bit more rich. Because who the heck do you know that knows fencing? Or, but, or has their kids in fencing? Even if they do, are they going to be doing backflips and like, Toro? <laughs> it's just, it was just way too much. And it, it, it doesn't even suit the other pranks that they're pulling each other throughout the rest of the movie. That fencing scene felt like... It came out of Agent Cody Banks or something. It's certainly not the parent trap, even the 1998 version. Did you ever watch that movie, The what is that, Blank Check? Yeah, yeah, with the kid with the blank check, yeah. <laughs> That's a great movie. <laughs> sure, I don't remember it that well. <laughs> but the fencing scene got no no issues with that? Uh, like I said, it, uh, it didn't really make sense to me because I'm like, who the heck has their kid in fencing, but... But even if they do, like, the style of fencing they did that, just that felt be, like a different movie. That would be like, you know, if you had uh, your kid at a camp or something and there was just something that wasn't as common, like, oh, you know, they're doing karate. Like, not saying that all rich kids do karate, that's not what I mean, but it's just, it's so, like, okay, that's random. <laughs> yeah, well, especially because everything else at the summer camp is, like, rafting or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh but one of the reasons I think that this weird shift in tones is more distracting in the new one is because they stick so close to the classiness that the original had. Disney movies, you know, especially during the Walt Disney era, were pretty respectable. I mean, they weren't – if you were to say, oh, this is a kid's Disney movie now, you have an image in your head on something on the Disney Channel, you know, High School Musical or whatever. Whereas back in the 60s, like, these were very classy movies – and the original Parent Trap kind of was that. And the remake is that. Now, the director of the new one, Nancy Myers, you just watched uh, her follow-up to the Parent Trap the other day. And, and you're going to be shocked if I tell you this is the other thing she directed and then to think that she also directed the fencing scene in the Parent Trap. She went on to do What Woman Want after this movie. And then went on after that to do Something's Gotta Give. And prior to this was one of the writers of the Father of the Bride movies. She has this very old school style of filmmaking. And I think that's why the fencing scene is so weird for me. Because you could tell that she, probably she wasn't even comfortable. I don't want to... Like, I want to make a mature kids movie. I don't want to be doing kids doing backflips fencing and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that they may have thrown that in there... Um with what you're talking about earlier like you know how they had those little moments of suspense like is she gonna see your face is she gonna see your face because you have your face covered by the mask the fencing mask you know what i mean yeah yeah <laughs> well i don't know where you're going with that well i, I don't think you're listening <laughs> i said i said i think that they may also have thrown that in there just because it was another subtle way for them to build suspense of is she gonna see your face no i got that but what does that have to do with them doing backflips yeah again i said it's not just the fencing it's 
how over the top the fencing was in comparison to everything else we get in this movie. If we're going to say this is a James Bond movie, okay? Maybe that's just what the general public thinks fencing is. I don't know. Okay. I, I, I'm, you know but, but the, like the general okay. public in America no, thinks that all but, British kids have the Queen on their lunchbox. But it's, it's, it's a separate thing. It's not related to movies or kids. But, you know, certain things are like that where people just have a certain idea how a certain thing is. Like, you know, when, when I choose to eat keto, people think I literally just eat cheese and mayonnaise all day long and bacon. And I do eat those things, yes. <laughs> but I actually mostly eat, like, meats and greens, really, mostly. And I, I try to cut back a little bit on the cheese. But it, the mo- most people have the wrong idea what keto actually is. And maybe it's the same thing with fencing. They think people do backflips. I don't know. I love that we're getting so in-depth on this fencing scene that you're drawing parallels to the judgments people make against the keto well, diet. No, some people think, like, I probably just sit there and I just eat chunks of butter. And, I mean, I, I'm not going to lie. I have just eaten <laughs> butter before. But, but it's not something I do regularly. Yeah, but... The the fancy scene. This is what I was saying. If you were to if you were to say how out of place this feels, Ben's gonna reloop this at some point and make it sound like I'm saying something or not. But Die Another Day has a fencing scene in it, right? That's also quite over the top. It's also got an invisible car, and it's got Pierce Brosnan surfing on a glacier. You see, uh, I I don't remember the movie very often, but I do follow the pod, the um. The Instagram that you guys have where you post a new picture every day. Yeah, if everybody wants to follow, Ben started Die Another Daily on Instagram where you can look at one image of Die Another Day every single day. But uh, Die Another Day has this over-the-top stuff in it. The whole movie Die Another Day is pretty much over-the-top like that, so you accept it. But if you were to put Pierce Brosnan surfing on a wave made off of a broken piece of a glacier uh, with ridiculous CGI, if you were to put that in the middle of Casino Royale or from Russia with Love, you're going to be like, what did I just watch, you know? And and that, especially knowing that Nancy Myers would go on to do What One Want and Something's Gotta Give and these very serious movies, I don't think she was comfortable with it. It's, just, it's the worst scene in any of these movies. Well, her other movies that you mentioned, though, are good. Yeah, well, the Father of the Bride movies, fantastic. Yeah, I like that one, too. That's the one with Steve Martin, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else that we missed as far as the difference between the games? There's so few differences between these movies they might as well be the same movie with different actors i think that we kind of talked about everything to be honest with you i can't think of what about the end again i sort of said i think that i liked the surprise of it's a different ending um i mean didn't the original just basically end with them kissing it didn't show a wedding or anything yeah it it, is if you were to cut off that you a little bit more suspense yeah if you were to take that wine cellar scene in the Lindsay lohan version and instead of them saying all right well i better get packed they just kiss and that's the end of the movie that is the end of the movie they just tack on this thing which again i really loved the extra bonus of oh you thought the movie he, was and over he, and he chased after her yeah exactly and, and and as i was saying earlier i don't want to just dump on this and say oh the new versions inferior in every way they did a better job with giving you a background of the parents they just didn't nail the parents characters and the portrayals of them in this movie but what we get as far as a story about why they split up it makes more sense in this one and i enjoy that more if I if I ran away with Remy and and Casper and left you with Casey and if I ran away with them to London, England, would you come chase after me? Only if Casey became louder than Remy and Casper combined. <laughs> you'd be happy to let me go with your kids and be a deadbeat. Well, you'd be the deadbeat because you're the one who abandoned one child. I I was left with okay, the child. So, okay, so and cha- no ability to travel right now cha- because of restrictions. So change change the story. I I take all of our kids and I go. To wherever I can go, where I can still travel. 
Would you chase after me? Why Why are you leaving? That's my other question. It's not just that simple. I don't know. I mean, we already know from 2012, Dennis Quaid does not show his work. So maybe there's a reason that she left him in this movie. Uh, but <laughs> too, too hard, too, too many variables. Can't answer. Yeah, I don't know. But again, I'll take the quiet kid. No, I'll just, I'll just take them all. All right, so we really got nothing else to cover here. Uh, I'm kind of trying to run through the movie in my mind and see what what else even was different between these other than just a line here and there. And I don't think there's anything. Maybe, as we said, the setting of when the parents, you know, kind of see each other again for the first time. But again, my major complaint is the new one. Uh, it, it doesn't have any tension between them. It's just like, oh, good to see you. Uh, he has no dedication to his fiance at all. Um but that's, again, a minor complaint. Really? Like, honestly, I mean, we're married. We're not divorced. But if I hadn't seen you in, like, 11 years, and I'm not just saying this because you're my husband. I'm not just saying this because anybody might be listening. But you are, honestly, the hottest guy in the entire world to me. It's true. No, not I, just you. Everybody. No, honestly. We get listeners writing in all the time saying the no, same honestly, thing. No, honestly, when I first saw you at the workplace that we worked at many years ago i had the biggest crush on you from the beginning from the beginning i i just think you are the cutest thing i've ever seen and if it was like 11 years and i and i hadn't seen you we split up for whatever reason i'm telling you i probably would be like just jumping on you uh, okay um <laughs> But but, uh, but I'm saying like I I would be like really excited to see you right but I would show some reaction Come if on. if if it had been 11 years because you split up to the point where you couldn't stand to even mention the person's name around the one child you kept then I'm not buying that but let I, I I'd forgive you and I I I'd, <laughs> if it had been 11 years. I mean, who knows? Maybe they both. Maybe we know he got some, but maybe she, maybe she got some too. I don't know. But oh, she's it, definitely getting some. But, right? but if it had been eleven years and I got none, I'm telling you, you probably have broken bones by the end of the. <laughs> all night. right, thank you. All right, so I'm not going to go through all the box office again. It's hard to find box office in the original, but the original was a massive hit. The remake was a massive hit. I remember kind of being a big surprise when it came out. I was like, wow, this Parent Trap movie is making a ton of money. It got great reviews. Um, I'll kind of look up to see what the uh, the difference is in the reviews between them. But while I'm doing that, you kind of gave your your scale. We'll give a, a buy it, rent it, or bin it. But I also want to know if you end up doing the same for both of these movies, uh, what your um, uh, out of 10 would have been. So the 1998 Parent Trap has an 86% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 6.5 on IMDb. So the... Critics, actually, in this case, like it even more than the audience. The audience, you know, thought it was okay. Uh, the original Parent Trap has a 90% of Rotten Tomatoes, so slightly higher, but 7.1 on IMDb. So a little bit more favorable on both critics and audiences. So what are you going to do? Buy it, rent it, bin it for a 1961 version. Uh, I'm just going to give both uh, at the same time. So I would definitely buy both because for me to say something like that, it would basically be if it's on TV... I'd watch it or, you know, I may actually put it on to stream myself. So I would definitely buy it. Um, I probably would give the classic version an eight and a half um, out of ten. And I'd give the um, new version a seven and a half out of ten. I pretty much agree with you on all points, except I do want to have a distinction of I, I feel like the original, even though they're so similar, the original has so much more going for it just with the little 
difference of these parents being at odds throughout the movie. There's no point to having a plot where the kids are trying to get the parents back together if there's no opposition to that. And that really hurts the remake, even though if we're going to take remakes, I mean, we kind of were running through this list of here's some other remakes that we could potentially do a series like this on in the future. And one of the struggles I'm having is, oh, we got to find one where the remake is more loved than the original. Maybe we could do a true grit, but I mean, do you want to do true grit? I don't know. But in most cases, the remakes, even the good ones are inferior. And I feel like this is probably one of the best remakes you're going to find, the 98 version. Uh, I would give the original a solid buy, even though I will admit there are some flaws with the movie. I would give the uh, a 1988 remake a very solid rent. Uh, and the only reason I'm going to say rent as opposed to buy, if, if it was the only version of the Parent Trap that ever existed, I might buy it. I still don't think it would be enough. I, I got to watch that movie again. But even as an adult, if I had no nostalgia for the 1961 version, it's a good movie and it's enjoyable even if you're not a kid. It's surprisingly enjoyable if you're not a kid. So the original does have a significant advantage over it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I know what you're talking about, but I mean, that's why I did give the original uh, a little bit of a higher score. But, you know, you are right, though. It, it does really lack something with the movie where you don't have that that biting back and forth with the parents and then that resolution. You feel a little bit missing. Yeah, oh, you feel a lot missing, yeah. I feel like. But again, there are some bonuses that the remake have over the original. It's just they're not enough to make up for what we are missing. Uh, and these movies also, I should mention, not only do they retain the same screenwriter because they just rewrote, did a new draft of the screenplay, essentially. Uh, these movies are almost identical in running time. Like, they're both like two hours and eight minutes or something like that, which shows you how little they actually change between them. Uh, but... That's going to bring an end to this little miniseries because next week we are finally starting good horror sequel month or good horror in quote sequel month or good horror in quote sequel month because all these movies are sort of questionable whether they're good, questionable whether they are horror and questionable whether they're sequels. Are you sure you're not talking about good adult film month? No, it's not. (laughs) Good adult film month. But we have started with 10 Cloverfield Lane, uh, which is going to be dropping this time next week. And then three other movies that are going to be lined up there. Um, You're going to be on Doctor Sleep if we can line up the time right. We also have... Yeah, I I really love The Shining and I love Doctor Sleep. And then we have The Strangers Pray at Night. uh, And then we have Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, which is going to be the fun one. Uh, So new month coming as well. We have our weekly 24 episodes that are going up. Uh, We're already two episodes in right now and lots more fun stuff to go throughout the summer. Jamie, thank you as always. You're welcome. That's the first time you've thanked me. I thanked you last week. Even when I edited the episode, I'm like, that's weird that I thanked her. I better make sure I do it again. Oh, you're welcome. My name is Jamie and let's get together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you stole my line. So my name is Colin and uh, I'm taking the quiet kid. Thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.